Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Engineering Student Experience Podcast. I'm Paul Nissenson from the Mechanical Engineering Department at Cal Poly Pomona. Many engineering students receive their bachelor's degree and immediately go to work in private industry, maybe for their entire career. Now, when you hear this word, industry, what do you think about? For some people, Industry conjures up images of working in an electric power plant. Others may think about designing a building or an aircraft using some software while sitting in a cubicle. Still others may think about creating or maintaining an assembly line at a food processing facility. Very few people think about the music industry as a possible career path for engineers. And that's what we're going to focus on in today's episode. I have two guests joining me today. First is Dr. Isaac Shankler from the music department at Cal Poly Pomona. Isaac is a composer, an accordionist, and an electronic musician who teaches courses in music industry studies, music technology, and composition. Isaac and I are joined by Gerardo Maldonado, who at the time of recording was a senior mechanical engineering student at Cal Poly Pomona and pursuing a music minor. During our conversation, Isaac, Gerardo, and I discussed opportunities for engineers in the music industry and how engineering concepts can be applied to both understand music better and enhance music. And before we jump into the interview, I'd like to mention a couple items. The first is that this episode was recorded a few months ago, well before the coronavirus pandemic came to dominate our lives. So if Isaac, Gerardo, and I seem calm and cheerful, you'll understand why. And the second thing I want to mention is, as you know, this podcast is still in its infancy and I'm trying to find ways to grow the audience. And so if you enjoy this podcast, there are a few ways that you can support it. You can subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many others. You can rate the podcast and leave comments on whatever platform you use to listen to the podcast. And finally, You can help spread the word about the podcast by telling friends, family, classmates, or whomever you think would benefit from this podcast. If you have any comments about the episode or would like to receive email notifications when new episodes are released, email me at tesepodcast at gmail.com and I'll place the email address in the show notes. I'll personally read each email and try my best to respond to all of them. And so without further ado, I bring you our conversation, and I hope that you stick around at the end of the episode when I'll play a song from Isaac's most recent album, Because Patterns. All right, well, I am here with two wonderful guests today. Uh, On my right, I have uh, Isaac Shankler, who is a faculty member in the Department of Music here at Cal Poly Pomona. And on my left here, I got Gerardo Maldonado, who is a mechanical engineering student and who has a music minor. Mm -hmm. And today our episode is going to be all about music and the music industry. And I've been really looking forward to this episode because this is a this is a topic we don't usually ever think about or ever talk about in engineering. So, um, yeah. So, Isaac and uh, Gerardo, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 
so for our listeners, it would be great if you could maybe give a little bit of background um, about yourself. So maybe we can start with Isaac and, and you can talk, tell us a little bit about your uh, musical background. So um, I, I know that you uh, are an accordionist. <laughs> That's true. The, 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 I didn't start out on accordion. I started out as a as a pianist, um, learning piano, and sort of gradually drifted more and more towards uh, composition and more and more t uh, towards working more and more with electronics. Um, so that's mostly what I do now. I um, I have degrees in composition from uh, University of Michigan and USC, University of Southern California, and kind of in the past, I would say like 10 years started to do more and more with electronics, partly because more and more started thing, things started to be possible with electronics. Um, that weren't possible but, previously. I mean, to some degree, podcasting as well. It exploded about <laughs> 10 years ago. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of things. A lot of things happened around that time. A lot of interesting things in um, audio technology. I don't really have much uh, official engineering background, but if you do stuff with music and technology, you, you sort of end up putting a toe in that um, anyway. I wouldn't call myself an expert in that by any means, but you know, if I need to, I can hack some code together. Yeah. Did you take any any classes in like physics or, or electronics at any point? Um, I did take classes in electronic music as well as uh, classes in physics of music, which, mm. you know, dealing with things like um, harmonics and the overtone series and how sound waves propagate and things like that, which is actually really directly relevant to a lot of um, uh, audio engineering and, and recording and other music technology things. Sorry, what was the other part of your question? Oh, no, I, I just wanted to get uh, background information. <laughs> and, and I did notice also that you um, you have a specialty in, is it music industry studies? Yeah, so um, here at Cal Poly, I, I do teach classes in a variety of things. Some of them are more towards the music technology, music industry side of things. Some, some of them are more towards the composition side of things, you know, which includes you know, things like instrumentation and arranging, but and also things kind of at the intersection of the two, uh, like an interactive composition class that I teach. Oh, okay, great. And Gerardo, how about a little bit of your background? How did you get interested in mechanical engineering? How did uh, you get interested in a music minor? Things like that. So I started playing music about 10 years ago in the sixth grade. And um, I started on euphonium. And then in high school, I played violin, classical guitar. And that's when I started playing trombone in the jazz band. And then when I came over to the university, I knew I wanted to do engineering. I was always um, one of those kids that would take apart their toys and then put it back together. So I knew I wanted to do engineering. And my first quarter, I didn't do music. And it was so difficult for me to adjust from playing music in high school to not playing any music at the university level. So then my second quarter, winter quarter of my freshman year, I joined the university jazz band playing trombone. and. I, I loved it. I met a lot of really great people. And then I decided to continue playing um, trombone in the jazz band. And I ended up just saying, you know, two or three more classes and I could get my minor. And so I said, why not? So I kind of did it, focused a lot of, on music technology to kind of be able to join engineering and music together to, um, to do more with that. Great. And maybe it'd be helpful for the listeners and actually for myself as well, if we kind of defined what is the music industry? What does that really fully encompass? Oh my gosh, so many things. Oh, yeah. um, 
Well, you know, first of all, there's the maybe more obvious aspects of the music industry, which are, you know, performers, composers, uh, and both composers who, you know, work in kind of the concert music realm, but also in media composition. You know, you have film and TV and and games and VR and things like that, um, things like arranging, songwriting. Also, sound design, I think, is obviously related to um, a lot of people in music end up going in, into sound design because they have a good ear for it. What, what is uh, sound design exactly? Uh, so sound design will be something like, you know, for example, you're watching a, a scene on, on, you know, on a TV show and, you know, the composer is creating the music for that scene, but sound design is maybe a little less obvious where the sound designer is kind of creating and shaping all this kind of auxiliary sounds for the mm -hmm. scene. So an obvious example would be like a fight scene where, you know, People are punching and kicking each other. Um, so someone's hitting a piece of meat to simulate that? Exactly. Yeah, okay. that, that would be like fully, that would be specifically be fully designed. But there are lots of other kinds of sound design. And, and it's so it's meant to be subtle enough that and natural enough that you don't notice it. So I think some people might be surprised at the just the extent of uh, sound design and audio post-production that goes into any piece of media, actually. So how do uh, engineers uh, specifically participate in the music uh, industry? So are there certain types of engineers that you often see more than others, like maybe electrical versus mechanical versus, I don't know if you'd ever see a civil engineer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what types of engineers um, and what kind of jobs uh, do they do in, in the music industry? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of computer science people, certainly mm. in music and and electrical engineers as well. I would say anyone with any kind of computer science or engineering background, you know, has a good shot at being in. There are a lot of kind of new or newish fields in music and engineering, like music information retrieval, which would be the kind of study or research of, you know, if you have an audio file or a piece of music, how do we get a machine to understand certain things about it? And how do we kind of collect data about it and make changes to it or create databases based on that? And, you know, that comes into play in everything from like, you know, like Spotify, which is making a database of people's preferences and listening to things that relate more to artificial intelligence that people mm. were working on. Uh, for example, um, Google has a big project called Magenta right now that's all about kind of extracting and understanding uh, musical information um, from both audio files and from, I guess what you call a more symbolic representation, uh, which would be like music notation or something called MIDI, which is like another digital representation of, of music. Mm, yeah, so I remember, I, I don't remember how long this was, but I remember when Pandora came out and then it would just recommend songs to you. So I guess that'd be a very crude AI back then, probably. Yeah. So, well, actually, it's interesting because back then it was all when it when you know these services started out, it was all kind of like human annotated. They would actually hire people to say like, you know, is this in a minor or major key? You know, what are the rhythmic features of it and things like that? And and so people were, if you can imagine that, people were actually listening to and tagging like song after song after song. And I think now that approach is kind of, I think some people might still be using that approach, but I think that's largely fall, fallen by the wayside. 
in favor of these more kind of machine learning kind of algorithms. So is that one of the hot fields right now um, in the music industry is like machine learning and? I think it is. I think in certain corners it, it is. I think people are, I think people are actively working on it. It's always hard to say because you know, especially the the some of the larger companies are not especially transparent about what they're working on. But I think that there's things that are possibly going to change quite rapidly, pretty soon in that um, in that vein. I, I, we're starting to see things like like being able to extract. Just having an audio file, audio file and being able to extract like what the different instruments are and what the different instruments oh, are wow. doing. That's something that we can't do, that we haven't been able to do that um, I think people will, will be able to do fairly soon. So we have a mechanical engineer just about to leave college next to you. Uh, do you ever see mechanical engineers much in, in uh, um, the music industry at all? You might have to gently remind me what what mechanical engineering is <laughs> so, I mean, relative of, to the other. I mean, there's fields. a lot of mechanical engineers in organology, really. So basically, the design of the instruments, mm -hmm. um, what materials you're using for violin strings or guitar strings to get these different types of sounds. So that's where you usually see the mechanical engineers, material engineers, um, and the design process of you know of the soundboard of a mic or whatever. That's that's usually where you see the mechanicals is the design process. Yeah, I mean, in, in the in instrument design, I mean, that's that's huge because those designs are. Um, it's tough because there are, there's kind of a a kind of a bias towards kind of the older designs of of instruments, obviously, especially in classical music, where you know certain instruments that are centuries old are just revered. But it's interesting because they've done tests recently, putting the modern violins against the old Stradivarius violins and the the. Modern violins did much better than expected. I think I think beat the old violins in in a lot of cases. So I think I think that field of instrument design is definitely active. And you know I think especially if people start to like let go of these kind of maybe old biases towards uh, towards instrument design, we might start to see some really cool new things. So Gerardo, how has being uh, an engineering student um, during your time here? helped you become a better musician? And how has being a musician made you maybe appreciate uh, engineering concepts more? Actually, I think it's the, it goes the other way around. I think being a musician really helped out with my engineering studies. Um, as a musician, you have to be very disciplined. You need to take the time out of your day and go into the practice room and practice your part. It's kind of the same thing as when you go home and you need to do your engineering problems. You can't just go into class and expect to the next day have to take a test and know exactly how to do it. You need to take the time out of your day to actually practice those concepts. But has has being an engineering student helped you with your music? Mm. So it definitely has. I mean, in engineering, you'll in some of my classes, I've learned about harmonics and how the vibrations work and stuff like that. I can then go to music theory and see how that works in um, chords and see how a lot of the chords is it's very mathematical based. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of mathematics that are involved in music um, and overtones and stuff like that. So it, they're deeply related in a way that most people don't expect them to be. There's a lot of concepts that you can take from engineering and apply them to music or vice versa, take them from music and apply them in engineering. Yeah, and the discipline thing is really, really important for, I guess it's for all majors, it's very important, exactly. but especially in engineering when you have to do, oh, I don't know, you get some calculus homework and you have to do 
20 integrals to, to beat those into mm -hmm. your head. And mm -hmm. then you take a statics course and you got to solve a bunch of different systems that aren't moving. Mm -hmm. So discipline is very important in uh, engineering, definitely. Yeah. And also, like sometimes when you have presentations in class, you have to go out and, you know, rehearse what you're going to say at least two or three times. And then when you present it in class, it comes out very easily. It's the same thing as when you're performing. You can't just go and practice once or twice your part and then go to the concert. No, you need to go in there and get into the details of how you're going to accent this note or how you can enunciate a word during your presentation. It all kind of goes hand in hand. So what kind of music classes uh, did you take uh, as a student? And did, did you have any other engineer uh, engineers in those classes? Um, there were some engineering students in some of my classes. So I've taken intro to music technology, history of music technology, the organology course, um, and music theory, music theory one and two. And some of those classes, you did have the same engineering majors with the music minors. Some of them were actually civils and some of them were materials, make, um, industrial engineers. And those people were just people who grew up playing music and just wanted to continue their music education in college. And I'm kind of the same way. I'm, I, my dream job would be to get a job in the music industry as an engineer. But at the end of the day, I just wanted to do a music minor because I wanted to learn more about music. And taking those classes where I'm learning about music technology or the design of musical instruments, the theory of musical instruments, it really continues my education in not only music, but also in engineering. So, I mean, you said your, your dream job was in the music industry. What specifically are you interested in doing? I mean, I would love to work in, as, as an organologist, basically, how to design a musical instrument, whether that's kind of like what um, Professor Schenkler was saying, is taking something like a violin, for example, and either making a, an electrical violin. You know, that's, that's something that's now emerging more and more that you're seeing. Or just taking a, taking a step back and designing a, an instrument with a new type of material that's going to be more durable or a softer, that's going to give you a softer sound or different characteristics. So uh, Isaac, do you, do you ever see many engineering students in your classes? I do, actually. Um, as Gerardo mentioned, Gerardo was in my uh, music technology class, engineering music technology as well as, um, and there's always a, a few engineer, engineering students in that class. Um, one or two, and it's always good to have them because they kind of bring a different perspective, a fresh perspective. And, you know, they're always, or they tend to be, they tend to be very motivated because, you know, they're, they're, they're not, uh, they're not sick of music yet. No, <laughs> they're not, they're not like jaded about music yet. Not that, uh, that's a little bit tongue in cheek, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but then also they, you know, they bring kind of a technical understanding, especially the music technology classes, I think is sometimes a leap for some for some music tech music students without that background and so it's nice it kind of brings up the kind of uh ambient level of learning um because you know they end up learning from each other the the students do when you have a mix a mix of students like that so isaac have you had any projects where uh, engineering students have used their engineering talents to become better musicians or or any projects where they we're specifically looking at trying to say re-engineer something using their skills that they might have obtained in their engineering courses. Yeah, so um, as I think I mentioned before, I teach a class called Interactive Composition, and I've been teaching classes like this for a while, and it's and it's really about how to how to make the technology do what you want, as opposed to letting the technology dictate. Uh, what you can do with it, you know, because we have all this kind of powerful software and, and hardware 
But for the most part, we're kind of at the mercy of what, of what that software encourages us to do. And so it's, it's really cool to work with, to work with engineering students in that context. Um, because one of the things we do in that class is we uh, design our own plugins. Plugin would be something that you, um, a sort of piece of a piece of music software that you can use to create a, a special kind of like audio effect or a particular kind of sound or create certain kinds of patterns with sounds. So for example, I had a student who did a lot of hip hop production, who does a lot of hip hop production. And, um, and he had certain kind of things that he would always want to do. There was kind of like a certain way that, that he would want to like glitch the vocals. So he, he designed a plugin that would kind of do this for him automatically. So he wouldn't have to go through this kind of longer, uh, more tedious process. He could just sort of, you know, do it the way he wanted to do it and do it very quickly. And so I think that's, that's one of those examples where just like a little bit of, you know, engineering or computer science know-how can go like a long way and just kind of expand the, expand the realm of, of what is possible and what kinds of sounds people, you know, so that you're, you kind of can create the sounds that you want to hear as opposed to, you know, being at the mercy of whatever audio effects or expensive plugins that you have to buy, that kind of thing. So Gerardo, uh, in, in your music classes, have you used any of your engineering uh, skills and your music skills combined to do something interesting? Yeah, so in my organology class, the, the theory, history, and design of musical instruments, we, we actually created a theremin using an Arduino and a breadboard. So we bought a little kit, we, um, she gave us a little like schematic and we just had to connect everything with the Arduino and then we had to code it. And basically we had a little basic crash course in coding in the music class, which a lot of uh, music majors were very frustrated with, but to me came um, pretty fairly easy. So then kind of like Professor Schenkler was saying is, you, it creates this dynamic in class where you're kind of helping each other out. You know, they're helping me with the music concepts and I'm helping them with the engineering concepts of coding. In that same class, um, our final project was to de design a new instrument. And so um, I created the harp using a 3D printer. Using a single string, the, the equation for a frequency is basically based on the density of the string and the length of a string. Since the density of the string is staying the same since you're using the same string, it just becomes a function of length. So all you have to do in your 3D printed design is just create six strings with, of different lengths and then you can create any, it'll always be in tune. And so that was, that was basically a small math problem that you can then turn into music, into a music concept, and then um, design it on, the, on SolidWorks and then 3D print it. And then I create a more expensive model, so to speak, a more expensive model in quotations, and made one out of oak wood and using different types of strings and made a more sophisticated model than the 3D printed model. And that was very cool. I mean, like I said, you're combining engineering and your music concepts together. In that class, we've also designed instruments for students with special needs. So if a student doesn't have an arm or if a student can't, um, is mentally disabled, you, you're creating different instruments for them and their specific needs and how, how you can accommodate a trumpet, for, so to speak, for someone who, who doesn't have arms or someone who doesn't have function in their fingers. How can you make that happen? And so you're creating a more, a design that can be used for everyone, basically. And then it also goes, I've also used 
some of my music stuff for my engineering classes and my materials class, I wrote a 20 page report on violin strings, on the materials, whether you want to use synthetic, synthetic gut or real gut or um, uh, metal strings, the different types of tendencies they have and how the manufacturing process really changes the characteristics of the strings. You know, some strings are used in bluegrass versus some are using classical and the reasons for that. And hmm. like I said, how the manufacturing process really changes the, the sound and the characteristics of the strings. Have you had any chances to have a uh, internship in any part of the music industry? No, not yet, at least. Okay. And I'm going to saying yet with a big hope on the yet. <laughs> no, yeah, I would love. I actually spoke with um, some of the string manufacturers when I was writing that report and um, I sent them a little resume along with my questions <laughs> for them. So Isaac, if someone wants to get into the music industry, uh, what types of classes would you recommend they might take at a university in, in, in their music department? And you know, how, how would you recommend someone getting their, say, foot in the door of that particular area of the music industry they're interested in? That's a really good question. Well, I think I think Gerardo is doing a lot of things right in taking the classes that are kind of at the at the intersection of these two things. And I think, yeah, like knowing some music theory, which, again, direct, directly relates to these kind of physical modeling problems and and also just knowing how to talk to and relate to musicians, I think, is, is really important. I think if, if you as an engineer can can solve a problem for a musician you're you're kind of in a great spot because if you if you solve a problem for you know an instrument an instrumentalist with like a new instrumental innovation you know they're gonna love you immediately and sometimes sometimes musicians are kind of slow to to adapt to technology but um you know i think of things that that uh you know for example just like how ubiquitous tablets are now for for reading music um, it took a while, but you know, once people realized that this was so much more convenient than carrying around a, the whole bunch of sheet music that they could easily lose, and always have problems with page turns and stuff like that, uh, now it's you know more people I know are using the technology than not these days. As far as getting the the foot in the door goes, that's a, that's always a tough one for me because it's always the it's the landscape is changing so rapidly. But I think. Yeah, seeking out seeking out internships that are related to your your field of study, you know, to will kind of get your foot in the door, you know, make you some connections uh, right off the bat. Um, also, there are conferences and competitions that are specifically related to this field that that you might look into if you don't you might know about them already. But things like New Interfaces for Musical Expression, uh, which is a really wonderful concert or conference where people come up with really you know, some of them, it's, you know, it's, it ranges from stuff that seems like very useful and immediately applicable to music making to things that are kind of more like, you know, off the wall and experimental. Um, there's also a, a competition, a new musical instrument competition called the Guthman competition. And I can look it up and find the exact name so I can say it into a microphone. <laughs> um, but that, that's an annual competition that uh, I think Georgia Tech has every year. And that's always fun to see just what people uh, come up with for that. So one term that you hear a lot is a sound engineer. Is a sound engineer the same thing as a engineer that might come from more traditional field like mechanical engineering or electrical engineering, or is it something very different? It's pretty different. 
though there are some maybe overlap in skills, but a sound engineer or audio engineer or recording engineer is someone who works with the technology that's used to record music or do live amplified music. Um, and that is a very specific uh, set of skills related to, you know, knowing how to work mixers and knowing how to um, set up a recording studio with microphones and so on, and knowing how to run the software for recording and mixing and mastering and things like that. So it is a different skill set, though. Um, though again, I think I think people who have an engineering background often excel in that simply because they have a lot of technical background that's yeah directly relevant and and there you know there is sometimes math involved when you start thinking about um, especially when you think about mixing and you think about uh, things like decibel levels. All this stuff you know comes into comes into play and comes in handy. Well, Isaac and Gerardi, you've been so generous with your time. I, I thank you so much. But before we go, uh, you both are musicians. Uh, I was wondering if there's anything that you'd like to to plug and to share your your art with the world. I I do. I have um, an album came out that came out earlier this year um, called Because Patterns. It's on a label called Arrowcade Music, a Bay Area based label. And, and it does kind of relate to some of the things we've been talking about in, it's kind of a mix of uh, music, you know, played by musicians on acoustic instruments and uh, music made with electronics, um, including uh, what's called uh, generative music, which is music that's either entirely or partially created by algorithms. Oh. So, um, what I like to do is is use that to create material and then kind of shape that material the way the way I want it to sound. Uh, so there's a lot of that on that album. And, and I'll put a link in the show notes uh, for the album. That'd be great. Yeah. Do you, do you think the future of music is going to be more and more of, of computer uh, algorithmically generated music? Well, what I, what I think it will be, or what I hope it will be, there's like my hopes and fears. What I hope it will be is that we'll see more kind of symbiosis between, you know, people creating music and more and better tools to assist them in, in the making of music, as opposed to, you know, people, I think there's this tendency to kind of like doomsay, and I think it's partly, you know, clickbait headlines sort of stuff. Artificial intelligence is replacing human-made music and I don't. I don't know if we'll see that just because people like making music, <laughs> and but I think we might start to see more and more uh, symbiosis where where it might be hard to say, you know, like how much of this is human created and how much of this is machine created, and it's maybe more it's maybe more fruitful to look at it as a combination of the two in the same way that you know music made by a band, you know, might not be by one particular songwriter, you know, it might be a combination of, of work between, you know, various members of the band and producers and other people who come in and consult, you know, we're seeing a lot of that too. And I think that's just another element of that. And I think one aspect that isn't gonna go away is live performance. Music live performance is, is big and will always be big in my opinion. And so you can't go full AI and get rid of 
the music performance. You know, people love going to concerts and they're not going to go just to s stand in front of a computer. You know, someone will be behind that computer or um, what I've been seeing more and more now is a combination of live music plus having a computer on the side, you know, playing just a, a, a bass line or something and then someone's on the piano and singing. And so they're like Professor Schengler was saying, a kind of a combination of music performance live with something that's been pre-recorded or pre-made. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I, um, I was talking to uh, one of the guest artists we had here a couple of years ago uh, was uh, Daedalus, who is a very interesting electronic musician and producer. And he, one of the things he mentioned is that, you know, even if he has a laptop in his show, he always like hides the laptop mm -hmm. because it's this thing where it's something about the the way we think of music when there's a computer there or just the way we think of what kind of environment we're in and it, it was the, it's the funniest thing it's like if you have a computer out on stage and every everyone like kind of wants to like pull out their phones and look at their phones um but if you just hide the computer it's like it's like night and day and so i think i think people i think you're exactly right like people want to have that experience of live music and, and music being made in the moment. And um, that's something that's, yeah, irreplaceable. Yeah, well, I, I got into um, DJing about nine years ago or 10 years ago or so. And that was around the time that it became the norm to start having various software automatically uh, do beat matching. And yeah. so you'd still, have the, you'd still have the DJs having to select the songs it kind of goes to your symbiosis point where they're now using the technology not to replace the DJ so much, but to 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 take away some of the boring parts that could be automated. Mm -hmm. um, right. As long as they don't replace podcast hosts. I think <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, again, Isaac and uh, Gerardo, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I learned a lot. And I think that uh, any engineering student, or really any student who's listening to this, you gave him some new ideas about what's possible. So thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a really fun conversation. I would like to again thank Dr. Isaac Shankler and Gerardo Maldonado for spending some time with me to discuss opportunities for engineers in the music industry and how engineering students can merge their love of music with their love of engineering. Gerardo also helped me run the soundboard during the recording of this episode. If you're an engineering student who also has a passion for music, I hope this episode has helped you expand your horizons and give you more ideas for possible career paths after college. Today's episode will close with a song titled Future Feelings, which is taken from Dr. Shankler's album Because Patterns. This song also features Dr. Nadia Spachenko on piano. She's a faculty member in the music department at Cal Poly Pomona and recently won a Grammy Award for Best Classical Compendium. Goodbye for now, and I hope you enjoy the music. <laughs>